Do you want more high ticket clients? Do you want to know how they think and how they buy? You're in the right place to learn how to get all the high paying clients you want, whatever you want, and how to actually stand out as the world-class specialist in your arena. I'm Leanne and I've helped over 500 women go from very few clients to commanding better prices and calling in clients who are pre-sold. In this podcast, you'll learn the exact strategies that I use with my clients to get them more clients, cash and credibility. All the things you'll learn here are rooted in sales psychology and how your client's brain works. Also what to do and say so they buy. So let's get this started. Hey everybody, welcome back. And today we're gonna be talking about sales calls again, but today we're gonna talk about how to close more of them than you're closing right now. So starting out here, we're gonna talk about how we think and how we perceive and what's going on in our brain and how we all need to get kind of on the same page with our clients before we get on the call. So we think and perceive sales calls as this container where we're coming in and our clients are coming in and you're coming from the same place. And you think you're talking about getting them signed into your container. That is actually not always true because the client is coming from somewhere else. And until we figure out where that place is, we are not going to close those people on calls at the rate we would otherwise. So what they're thinking when they come to the call is different than what we're thinking. They are deciding if you are the answer and they are hoping that you are, but they are also hoping that you are not. They are in a state of chaos in their mind and we are coming from cross purposes when we come to a call with a client, if we don't know where they're coming from. So this reminds me of a story a few years ago. My band played in the oldest honky tonk in Texas. It's called the Rattlesnake Inn. And this place was as big of a dive as that sounds. Um, It's closed down now, but that is fortunate. (laughs) Let me just tell you, it's fortunate that place is shut down. Y'all are blessed. This thing was really a dive. Believe me, it was, it's better that no one else is going there. So we played this club and there were really only drunk people there. We had a group of people that had driven in to see us and we had, it was a pretty big group of sober folks that were over, you know, on one side of the room. And then the rest of the whole bar was pretty much drunk. And we'd played about half of our set lists and this guy gets up and he has a bottle in his hand. He's not, he doesn't even, he's not even drinking out of like a cup. He's drinking out of like a liquor bottle. And he screams, play something country. And I said, sir, we're a country band and we've just played George Strait. I'm not sure what you mean. And he yelled it again. He said, play some David Allen Co. And I said, we don't know David Allen Co. Um, we'd be happy to play, you know, something else. And he yelled it again, play something country. And at this point, it was becoming ridiculous because he was standing up, it was in the middle, right in front center of the stage, right in front of the stage, and he would not move. And I couldn't get him to move. And so the rest of the band looked at me and I looked at them and I said, just play D, play the key D. So we started playing kind of slow. And I started, <laughs> I started singing uh, you got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. And the whole bar, the whole drunk bar chimes in on the last half of that chorus. 
you got to know when to walk away and know when to run. And so we're all singing the gambler together. And I, we went through the whole song starting at the first and people were so happy. Like I couldn't believe it. They were just like ecstatic that I had played the gambler. And <laughs> I thought it was the actual worst thing we've ever done. Um, I'm not Kenny Rogers. I don't sound like him. It was not really even pitched in a good place in my voice. I barely knew the song. I was trying to like remember it from memory I, and I hadn't heard it in years. So fortunately I remembered the words and it was just bad. But that whole bar was so happy. <laughs> and we wrapped up our set. We wrapped up the second set and we got out of Dodge as fast as we could. Uh, but it was bad right? And this drunk bar really loved it. They were happy. We didn't linger. I wanted out of there, so we went home. So here's why that story has merit. We thought we were playing country, but the drunk guy wanted another kind of country. I don't even know what he was talking about because George Strait is actually pretty country, but there are apparently levels of country. There's Little Big Town and Keith Urban, and there's Blake Shelton, and then there's Texas country like Pat Green, and there's maybe even a deeper level of country like George Jones and Johnny Cash, and then deep, deep country like Merle Haggard and Waylon Jennings, and even deeper would be Lefty Frizzell. And if young folks don't know who that is, you can look it up. Fortunately, you have the internet to do that. But this guy was not happy with our rendition of country music. He had his definition, and we were not his definition. But Kenny Rogers, I suppose, is the universal language. I think he goes across all of those country genres and is the, I guess, universal language of country. The point is, we were not on the same page as our clients, this audience. We were on a different page. We wanted them to like our version of country music. We were a country band. We played country Americana music, country music. But this guy and his friends expected something very different. And if we had said no, I'm not sure what he would have done. I, I hope he would have been okay. But this guy was really ready to throw down for Dave and Alan Co. And David, if you're listening, some guy in Florence really likes you. So it was better that we just accommodated him with The Gambler. I knew that song and we played it. So... Next, right? We're on a sales call and we want it to close. What does this have to do with people playing the gambler at some time? Well, we have expectations for the call and your client has expectations for the call and they're probably different. And one of you is going to have to give way to your expectations if you're going to close this client. And it's going to have to be you because our clients, they don't know to give way. And we're going to be talking about that today. Hey, it's Leanne, and if you're ready to have more clients, cash, and credibility, head over to IWantClientsCashAndCredibility.com, where you can find out more about current programs, hit our vault of trainings, and join the community. That's IWantClientsCashAndCredibility.com. Okay, back to the show. You were hoping for the sale and worried they won't say yes because you want the sale and you want it badly on this call. And the client wants you to be their answer, but they also are hoping you're not the answer so they can say no. Because deep down, folks are afraid. And if you are the answer, they're gonna to have to pay. And they know they're gonna to have to pay and they're afraid of what the, the amount is and they're afraid that it's gonna to be too much and they're afraid that you're gonna be their only answer and they won't have the money or they won't be able to have the time. 
And so they're in a state of chaos all the time, all the time. Deep down, folks are afraid. So our brain is constantly working to protect us. And this is your client's brain too. It's working overtime to keep us safe. And your clients are coming to the call with drama and drama and drama in their mind, unless they've made up their mind already and they already know they want to hire you. They have drama surrounding the sales call, which means you can't be caught up in drama too. One of you has to keep your head in this call. One of you has to be a problem solver and not be attached to the outcome. So this is hard to do. Something you have to work at is clean up preconceived notions of what this call is going to be like and what the reaction is going to be. So if you remember from the last episode, I talked about how my sales calls from before were constantly not closing for a long, long time. They just didn't close. And how I started to dislike sales and dread them. But the good thing about using the techniques in your content to pre-sell is that the pressure is off of the sales call. And now you really can dive deeper into what your client needs and cater the call to them. So how do you go about closing these calls? Well, we need to take it in steps. So the first step is actually cleaning out what you believe to be true about the client, about yourself, and about the call. So getting all that stuff out of your head, everything from I need the sale, to what will they think of if I'm, I'm at this price, it's so expensive, or what will they think of if I'm cheaper? What will they think of me? Or I know this person is broke, so they're not gonna pay for this, and so I'm gonna get off the call as fast as I can. I'm just gonna pitch a lower price program. They're, they can't afford me, right? We cannot have those things in our head. And if we do, it's gonna be really hard to close this sale because you're gonna have all those thoughts in your mind and not be completely present for your client. So when you say for, I need the sale, I gotta have the sale. It's easier to detach when you think of the conversation as you being curious to see if you can help. That's it. So most of us got into coaching or consulting because we wanted to help people and now is that chance. You get to help someone. (laughs) You wanna go into the call clear-headed and unattached if they sign up and get on the call and make it about them. Take yourself and your program and your price out of it and just get curious. And for goodness sake, only take them on if they're ready, right? Send them to someone who can help them if they aren't ready for you. So what will they think of my price? Who cares at this point? You aren't even on the call yet. So you might not even be saying the price. My mom used to say to me, don't borrow trouble, especially trouble from a call you haven't had yet. (laughs) So you can't control what people think anyway it would be good to just let that go. Entrepreneurship is a slow process of letting go, of control, of the premise of you know what's gonna happen. You you will learn resilience when you let go because it takes you farther than control will. Humans (laughs) like tight reins on everything. Like we love to control everything and we are freaked out If if there's something we can't control, it's really scary. We feel the need to butt in and control it. So invariably on social media, there's always somebody, right, who's popping up to give you unwanted advice, right? (laughs) Unwanted, unneeded, unasked for advice. So thank you, didn't ask you, right? So all you can control are your actions, your own thoughts. This is what you can control, 
you won't be controlling this client. You can't control their backstory, their money, anything else, right? You can just let it go. And as for judging someone, if they have the money for it, please don't do that. Please don't take the choices away from your clients. They get to choose what they want. The attitude of I will choose for you because you don't have the wherewithal to choose for yourself is like the height of hubris. It's privileged. It has roots in colonization. Please do not do that. We don't need any more of that. So letting that go, right? Taking control of your client, letting that go and clearing out our headspace and coming from a place of curiosity. That's the first step to successful calls. And the second step is ditching canned scripts. This is the thing that I did that made the most difference for me. Here's the thing, our clients are super duper savvy. Like they've had scripts used on them before. The exact ones probably you're using because they're all being sold out there, right? This is the script that made me $1 million. Really, right? Because I bet there was more to it than that. Scripts don't work, right? People have been pressured with these scripts. They've been mistreated. They are feeling stressed out. It doesn't matter that you aren't scary. They're conditioned by previous people. And so bad salespeople have helped them expect the worst on a sales call. So please don't use those scripts, right? Make your own script if you need a script. You're going to go off of it anyway, usually. So it doesn't really work very well. So I had a quick conversation the other day with someone on direct message. And she said my way of selling was refreshing because my big secret was I didn't sell, <laughs> at least not in the traditional sense. I didn't pressure her. I didn't come in hot and ask her for her credit card and give her the traditional, you know, overcoming objections. And I just came with the goal of helping her. So at the end of the conversation, she asked me, how can we work together? That's successful, folks. <laughs> it's a successful, no pressure situation. And I think if we'd have hopped on a call, right, she might have been ready to sign up. She wasn't quite, but that's okay, right? I didn't have attachment to that, and I couldn't control her. So I personally have been on calls where they told me to make a decision or it wouldn't be available after the call, and I wanted time to think about it, so I just literally hung up on them. So that seems drastic. <laughs> I think I'm the only person out there that probably has done that, but I just could not get away. I couldn't get them to let me go. So I just hung up. They wouldn't take no for an answer. So most people won't hang up on you, but they're too nice. <laughs> but they likely will say or do anything to get off a call like that. Scripts, high pressure selling, a lot of objection handling is not really super effective anymore. And I think we've all been on the opposite end of that script. You know, how does that feel? What's the consequences for not fixing that? Is your situation going to change by thinking about it? Like, okay, bleh, right? Don't buy scripts. That's not a good idea. The next step to closing more calls is to look for ways to differentiate yourself from everyone else in the call. And that really means no script or your own script. So no agenda. Everyone in the marketplace has an agenda. You need to adjust the call. We need to adjust the call to our client. Y'all, we got to care more than we're, what we're caring. One thing I like to do is notice something about their why and bring it back to the convo if I can. So if we're having a conversation about their business, I like to talk about why they're in business. What's the purpose, right? 
What do they value? Or even something amazing I've noticed about them, maybe about their content or about maybe they have an amazing brand photo or maybe they have just a really great presence or maybe they're just warm with every interaction that they have. You can recognize something for them and see what makes them unique. You would be surprised how much that insight, that unique insight helps on the call because it helps you to understand them in a deeper way. I have found most business owners are thinking about themselves leading up to the call. (laughs) And if you change that one thing, it would set us apart from everyone else. Just start thinking about your client rather than yourself. And that is what high-end clients want. They want to be seen. They want to be noticed. They want to be congratulated for their accomplishments. They want to be noticed for their uniqueness. And the higher level the client, the more acutely they feel their own uniqueness, as they should. These people are highly, highly motivated and high achievers. They're like you, right? They're like you. So I got a personal text the other day from someone following up with me in some sales conversation that said, yo, Leanne, you need more clients? And I thought, I can tell you know absolutely nothing about me because there was a yo and it was, it was Y-O, O-O-O-O-O. Like yo was like a whole line long. And I thought, my whole brand is based on sophistication, learning, achievement, and that greeting is just a big turnoff. It tells me this person isn't anyone I would buy from because they don't know me at all. I am not your bro. I don't want to hear a yo. So you don't have to stalk your clients. You don't have to go in and investigate every single person you get on a call with. But I got to tell you, it helps. Wouldn't it be better to come to a call knowing a little bit about their business, about their life? Wouldn't that make it quicker to know already a little bit about them? And this is where bigger businesses are heading in the future. And as business owners, we have a responsibility to do better here. We can't just treat clients as cash machines, shove something in their face and say, buy it, right? That's old marketing. And if that's the strategy we're going with, clients are going to just pop off that call. They're going to be like, I have to think about it. I got to go. I got to ask my husband, right? (laughs) So if we are different, if we really notice them, if we bring their why in the picture, and if we don't understand the why, get them to talk about it on the call right? That's really important to people. And so the last thing here is helping guide your client to a decision. So you're not on a sales call. You're on a buying decision journey with this person, right? And they may have even done some research on you beforehand. So they may be further down the road than you think. But most of the time, a sales call, right, is a spammy, sleazy place where a really slick person comes on the the phone and takes you through their process and kind of talks over you. Like we've all been on those calls, right? And go get your credit card. You should get a personal loan. You know, (laughs) your mindset isn't good if you don't buy this, etc. I don't like that. I'm sure you don't. You do want to have an expectation though that the call is going to be a decision-making place. And you can do that from the very front end of the call by saying, hey, I just want to set the agenda and say, the goal of the call today is just to come to a decision. And whatever that decision is, it's going to be the best decision for you. And that's what my goal is. And I want that to be your goal too. Does that sound okay? And your client's going to go, 
Whew, yes, thank you, right? Because they know everyone's that is these spammy, sleazy people, their goal is to get the sale. If you change the decision-making process, right? If you change the process to a buying decision rather than a sales call, your client can relax a little bit. The pressure cooker, right, gets opened up and the steam gets let out and everybody can take a big sigh of relief. And now we can get down to the actual problem rather than being up in our head the whole time. And it also helps your client not to be up in their head the whole time. So they're not coming with drama. Now they're coming with the clear head and they can make a decision that's the best for them. So set your decision expectation. But here is the thing that will drive sales in the future, right? On the call, you must convince them that you prioritize their satisfaction and success over your profit. And this is gonna be important moving forward for every company. Your client's success is the core foundation of your program and you have to communicate that on a call. You aren't just about accountability. We don't just provide robust support. That actually isn't gonna cut it anymore. It means that you have a clear plan for your client to succeed and you have fail safes that kick in with clients who are at risk of not getting results. You are proactive with other clients with planning milestones, clear outcomes both of you understand even before you start working together. And I will tell you, if you bring those things into the call, the client will be grateful. Because previously, our sales calls were all about digging into emotions and twisting the knife, and I actually hate that term, but now you're actually going to be calming them down and you're going to be overcoming the objection, this won't work for me. You're giving them all of the information about how your client's success rate is, what the fail-safes are, what the milestones are, how they'll know they're making progress. This is all calming your client down, right? Your process refines for the benefit of every client. So if something isn't working well in your program, right, you gotta be open to changing it. So on your sales call, you know 100% all the time you can help this person, right? Now, I don't mean you're moving your boundaries, you're answering texts and all that in the middle of the night. What I mean is, if clients get stuck somewhere, you have the wherewithal and you have the ability to move them through those things and you have lessons you can put in there or structures you can put in to get them results. So if most of your clients do not re-sign with you, if most of your clients get through and they're not super satisfied, or if a certain percentage of them get done and they haven't achieved the result, it's time to look at our programs and see where we can do better. Because we wanna hop on that sales call, we wanna be 100% assured in our own minds that we can get results for this person. And if we can't, we need to send them on to someone who can. So here's the fact in today's climate, your clients are really savvy, right? Unless your client believes 100% the solution will work, they will not buy it. They bought stuff before and it didn't work. So no matter what you do to overcome objections, no matter how much money they have to blow, they must believe it will work for them better than anything else. And to do that, you have to believe it too. So you can't go into the call waffling on your ability to get results or your clients are gonna just say no. And when we have a client success plan, we're sure. We know down deep in our bones 
We're sure of ourselves. We're sure of our program. The whole program is set up to ensure people don't slip through the cracks. If you have this amazing thought, this is literally the best program in the world. If you're thinking that on the call when you go into it and just thinking, they would be so lucky to come into this. This is amazing. My clients get amazing results. That's a great energy to go into that call with. Because if you have that in the back of your mind, you don't doubt it when you say your price. You don't doubt it when you say, I can help you. Now everything comes right, really front and center. And the client understands exactly what they're getting with you. And they understand why it's so high ticket. Because you over-deliver here. You're giving so much value. You're making sure their success is assured, right? So this helps clear out your mind. It helps you think about your client. When you come into the call thinking, they'd be lucky to come into this. This is so amazing, I can't believe it. I would come into this. I would buy this if I were this person. Now you can just take the pressure off of yourself. Now it's just to see if it's a good fit. And if it's a good fit, you'll tell her about it, tell them about it, and they'll make a decision. And then you'll move on. Part of my programs, right, part of the things I teach my clients center around removing the emotions because business decisions we have a tendency to make very dramatic and when we make those things dramatic we have a tendency to make decisions based on fear and not on data evaluation so we want to be detached from outcomes we want to be a little bit less dramatic and a little bit less freaked out and emotional all the time and when we can get our heads in gear, when we can get our brains controlled, we come into conversations where we are in control of ourselves and then it doesn't matter what the outcome is. You know you've done your best and you know your client would be lucky to come into your programs. So you can be curious and you can be fully invested in your clients. So that's one of the things I teach because I think it's really important to know your clients are, I really think, because it's important to know your clients inside and out, and when you do that and you remove your own emotions around the situation, you become uniquely qualified to actually put something in place and help them. And that's what I want to leave you with today. See you next time. Remember to hit subscribe and to stay updated, head over to IWantClientsCashIncredibility.com. I'm Leanne Heil and we'll see you on the next episode.